Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. My name is Ariel Kestenbaum, and I am the founder of Fair Meals, a 501c3 status nonprofit that focuses on easy, healthy, and affordable meal solutions for families of all walks of life. On our website, fairmeals.org, you can find free of charge, tons of tips, tricks, and recipes that encompass our three pillars of health, ease, and affordability. To help continue to make our programming the best it can be, please consider donating to this amazing initiative at fairmeals.org forward slash donate. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that time with Joe Douglas. Like I said, tough football guy through and through, but really, really good person. You cheer for him. Hopefully things fall into place for him this year. Watch it closely. Welcome to the GM Journey with Thomas Dimitrov. From Joe Douglas and the New York Jets, we are jet setting to our final stop all the way across the country to Los Angeles to visit with the best general manager in the world in professional football. And I say that right now because I maintain anyone who wins the Super Bowl for that season is the best GM. Les Snead, good friend of mine. He was one of the guys that I've known for a long time in this business. We were always very close. I got an opportunity to have uh, some really good friendship and work time with him with the Atlanta Falcons before he left for the Rams. Les and I worked together. He was my director of player personnel and did a great job for us in Atlanta. And again, he was always one of those guys that I thought, this guy is going to be the maverick GM in this league. And that's what he ended up showing this year. He took all of his intelligence and his football drive and he worked it to his advantage. And he showed that it didn't matter what anyone else said, he was going to do it his way. And he truly did say F them picks. Not only on the t-shirt he wore, but by doing what he believed he should do to be a champion. And Les Snead is a champion again. One of the very best GMs to, uh, to work this position. And he is the best right now in the world. So here we are in Malibu, California on the precipice of the ocean, basically. And I'm here with my great friend and longtime football man, Les Snead. And we're out here under the van once again in the think tank. And Les was so kind to join me here. And I, I would love to have this great conversation with you about how we kind of all got here. 
So you're Oof. one of the most tenured general managers in this league right now. Ten years, unbelievable. Uh, I was teetering in that world for a while, of course, no longer there. You experienced so much over the years uh, as a personnel man and then as a general manager. Again, so highly te- so highly tenured, excuse me. Um, how do you process that? Where is your head as far as hmm. how you navigated through all of those years? And quite honestly, did you ever think you were going to get to double digit years as a general manager? I would probably, I probably never thought about, all right, let's get to double digits, right? It's, and there, that's an interesting question, the process, and it's probably twofold. Humbly, you'll say, right, and I truly believe this, there has to be some element of good fortune, good luck. Uh, my good friend Jim Collins would say, when you do get good luck or whether you get bad luck, how do you, what kind of return do you get on that luck? But I, I think, and you, you, you can easily appreciate this now that, let's call it, you're not necessarily on active duty. You're more inactive duty. When I think when you're on active duty, you focus on the moment, and, it, and you don't want to say it because as a GM, right, there's an element of microscopic, which is the here and now, right, the, the next season, and then there's the telescopic, which are you're, you're, you're trying to build something to sustain for the future. But I, I do think uh, to get the double digits, maybe don't think about double digits uh, and try to dominate that moment you're in. And, heck, one day we'll, you'll look up and, man, you're 10 years. 10 years and you were one of the older ones now isn't that crazy because i remember i would always when you were still gm and i would go wow i remember when thomas walked in the door flowery branch and then i'm like okay i'm a gm now but so thomas must really have been in doing this a long time man it felt crazy and honestly interestingly enough the last couple years i started focusing even more on legacy and mentoring became really important to me. Yeah. Are you at that stage yet? 10 years in? You know what? I do think the answer would be yes and no. The yes part, uh, especially going through last season, pandemic, uh, the social unrest uh, that we experienced, you, you, you really started thinking about, okay, uh, Maybe it's on us, some of us that are tenured to to use football and the platform it gives us to to enhance humanity in some small way, right? And and right, football is still the main thing. Uh, it's a results-oriented, specific mission: go in and win a game and win as many as possible. But when I think when we when you're fortunate enough to get tenure and you have some of that wisdom, how do we help the generation? that's coming behind us and, and also try to do our part in impacting humanity in some way. Well, I mean, you have a good grasp of that and I love it. And we talked last night around dinner. I mean, you're not your average general manager. I've always taken pride on, you know, with that being my approach as well. Not, not the average person walking around myopically focused on football. You and I have been through some good times and we've been through some lean years as general managers. That's just the way it is everyone it doesn't it doesn't matter how you travel and where you are and you know you even may work for the patriots and still have some tough times that's this i don't (laughs) know i don't know maybe this this season maybe this 2020 who was working to finally had a tough time i know that's a it's a great point but so we've had those good times and we've had those lean times and and you know 
you had, you know, five tough, challenging years, and then you've had four that have been unbelievable in so many ways and, and winning seasons four in a row. Let's talk a little bit about those early years and how as a early and first-time general manager and then moving into those first five years, how did you navigate that as a general manager? How did you keep morale up, positivity, flourishing? Um, how did you move through that? And how did you keep everyone focused knowing that there's going to be brighter days instead of, you know, again, so many of us have an opportunity to be around winning and you go to a new organization when you start your new team as the, the the builder, you're going into a tough situation. How did you how did you move through all of that? You, right, most of us, whether you're a general manager, head coach, when you get a new job, there's a reason. So the, I guess the the, the negative part of that, right? Okay, there, there was probably some lean times for the organization you join. The positive of that is most people in the building are somewhat aware okay we uh you know we've gone through lean times we're 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 going to begin anew with a new regime and there is an awareness of like okay we we've got to start somewhere and get somewhere but i think we all know right as soon as you kick off and play a game for real and whether it's your first game and then there's a scoreboard and the math doesn't work out your way all of a sudden you're your clocks accelerated, uh, uh, but so. I, but I, what I what what I probably didn't do well enough early. But as you go through the lean years, you, you're you. What I did realize is okay. Every day you gotta exhaustively engineer collaboration, and 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 we're all collaborating really to compete, and 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 help everyone. Uh, let's call it not necessarily become aware, maybe become aware, but through the thick of it, the intensity of it is, okay, remember, we're trying to get somewhere. We're not there yet. And a lot of people in the building can be doing an unbelievable job uh, at whatever task, responsibility they have that doesn't necessarily directly affect the scoreboard on Sunday. But what you try to tell, whether that's, athletic performance, whether that's and, and the umbrella of athletic performance of, you know, meshing uh, the athletic training side with the strength condition, the, the whole developmental, the, the bottom line, what you're trying to do is, hey, if we keep doing our roles and responsibilities in a very innovative way, a cutting edge way, you got to believe that there's going to be some element of compound interest that at some point, uh, if we do it right, it'll tip and we'll now reap some of the awards. There's uncertainty in that, but you know what? The only thing we can do is focus on that moment, be the best at whatever role responsibility we have, and hopefully all of that adds up, right? Everybody in the organization, it, it, there's some formula, there's some calculus equation where all of that adds up, it compounds, and when it does tip, uh, very rewarding, fulfilling. Well, look, let's let's go back a little bit here, like I normally do uh, with most of the, the GMs that are on set here. We talk about our history together. Yeah. You and I go way back. Before I get there, however, you were always known for being a really resilient, hardworking, focused guy, like everything about it, even when we were, you know, 
good friends in the business, but we wouldn't see each other for yeah. months. You were so damn focused that I could never get a hold of you. I remember calling you one time. I was in Portland, Oregon. And I'm like, Les, we have to connect more regularly. It is good for both of our careers. We need to be right about it, not only with us, but you need to continue to reach out to other people. And have, I mean, this is a great league and you have so many people. I remember having that discussion and how important I actually that remember that. Right. I do remember yeah, that. I remember. And you, you said, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I didn't call you for five months, but it, it was. I've had to probably more often than not have that conversation with people. And they, we could get into it. I want you to go in because by nature, mom, dad, God uh, created an introvert. Me. So it's easier for me not uh, to connect. And it's also probably that uh, ism of being dialed in, focused, workaholic. So those two things combined and you have to say it's probably longer than five months, to be well, honest with you. Probably. It might have been longer than five months. But the reality is you're the kind of personality that everyone wants to be around. And when they finally get around you after that time off, they're like, man, we need more of this. So this is great that we got a chance to spend great, great dinner time. Oh, yeah. I was talking last night about how important it is in our lives right now to embrace the relationships we have. And yet we are, we're no longer road grunts anymore or pro pro scouts. Like we are as general managers. You are in a situation where you have very little time to manage your world, your your wife and your kids, let alone trying to keep your, your relationships regular. But it's important. We know that. And it, and it for me right now to be able to glide around the country and oh, yeah. take in these conversations. I'm beyond blessed that you guys give me this time to spend. And it's, I think it's therapeutic for all of us. So I appreciate that. I'm so, envious of a little bit. I'm, it's neat that you're doing it. I, well, I, I mean, I'm, you could I'm take the, let's call it the bad luck of. Yeah, that's bad luck of getting of fired. Not yet. Yes. Is that, should, I got can fired. I say that? We can say that. I got fired. You know, it's interesting. We all have shelf lives, right? But yeah. big picture is you've taken bad luck and at least in this moment, right? doing something extremely impactful, productive, something you'll remember the rest of your that, life. That's, that's for sure. And, you know, look, this started out again, me thinking I was going to go out around and have some really good, productive, professional development time with you guys. And then I thought, why are we not capturing this for posterity? Uh, not to mention, you know, networks, but that's something on the side. I just, I think there's so much to be shared. And quite honestly, I'll be honest with this point, quarterbacks, General, uh, excuse me, quarterbacks, head coaches, star players are always interviewed and profiled, and we never get to the intelligentsia, so to speak, of the team building side. And the GMs have so much to offer. And I think this is a great opportunity for you guys, not only to show the human side, but also to show some really cool intellect. And uh, there are so many good things happening in those think tanks within organizations that are guided by the general manager that this is just uh, a smidgen of that in my mind. I'm glad yeah. we're able to do it. So I'm glad you called it. Th I'm glad you called a think tank because because like, it, yeah. it's what's interesting is even though we were close beforehand, we worked together. I wouldn't be a GM if you hadn't come to Atlanta. And and we I, I, I meant to bring my prop and I forgot it because I was cleaning something out and I found this game ball. And what's interesting, it's a game ball. That really, you go really. That's a game ball. But it was, it was the year we went nine and seven. Uh, your second year with the Falcons. Year before we had gone to the playoffs, but this year we were eight and seven, going to play the Jets. No chance to go to the playoffs. 
but to win that game, right, that that nine and seven ball, right? I, I wouldn't have this job if you that that the moment the reason that was big is I was in Atlanta before you. I grew up in the South. That was Atlanta's first ever back to back winning seasons, even though I remember on the bus back from the Jets to the airport stadium, you were in the dumps because we didn't make the playoffs. But someone like myself who had grown up, grown up kind of a Falcons fan and had been through some lean years in Atlanta, it was a moment like, hey, that was big time. That was a that was a tough sort of mix of emotion. You're exactly yeah. right. I was pissed. I'm like, you know, we're on our way and we don't need, you know, going into our second year and not getting to the playoffs. Again, remember, and I've said this time and again, we were addicted to winning in New England. And you know that. We used to talk about that before I came there. And then I, I get there and I'm thinking, that's what I want. And it's tough. Very, oh, yeah. very, very few organizations experience what New England has. I do remember when we were winning in Atlanta your rookie year with a rookie QB. Like you were you were pretty angry on Monday. <laughs> You're Belichickian. Like, hey, we only won by 10 points and we should have won by 21. I'm like. Man, the Thomas is spoiled. But. Yeah, get get back to reality. Well, it was that last year, especially before I, I I came to you guys in Atlanta, and we were winning by forty points. I got I, I mentioned this before. I got addicted to winning, and I was like, "This is crazy. I don't yeah. only want to win by twelve points. I want forty points." And I started like questioning my own my own morals and judgment. I'm right. thinking, "What in the hell am I doing here?" That's so. That. We I'm circling on the only reason I say I wouldn't be a GM if you weren't if you hadn't come to Atlanta, but what is great about calling this a think tank in this moment sitting here with you is when I became a GM, we're kind of competitors. So we didn't talk as much, yeah. right. As we probably should have yeah. as GMs, but now we, it's pretty neat to be able to sit with a, now it is. And it means, it means, you know, it means so much to me. And I, and I realize that again, things go a certain way because they go a certain way. And like you said, take, take the misfortune of, of getting fired and, uh, unfortunately, um, but here I am doing things that I really want to do. So I have a question for you back to our history. When I left New England, there were certain things I took and there were certain things I left behind that weren't my personality. Candidly, candidly, you're not going to hurt my feelings. What from the Falcon paradigm did you leave behind that wasn't necessarily your personality? So that I left in Atlanta. Yeah, that you did not bring with you that thought you maybe thought was deleterious to the success of your football team. Can I answer candidly what I took with me first? Yes. Because I. Okay. I, I mean, I feel like I have to answer that because I okay. wouldn't. No, but this is interesting. This is somewhat Atlanta. This is Thomas. Took number one. Uh, I always call is is if I if you if I got Thomas Dimitrov off in my journal, it'd be nipping the bud. Right. And that, and that just to me is you came in with an intention. And when there was a problem, you didn't let it simmer. You tried to solve it immediately, tried to communicate a bigger picture. Uh, two things, probably courage uh, that you got to have as a general manager. And, and, and I'll get to uh, attacking and aggressive of going after that's more the Julio trade. The courage, though, I do remember when. Uh, you made the final decision to pick Matt Ryan. And at the end of the day, now there was Glenn Dorsey that people in Atlanta, columnists in Atlanta were, were writing, this is the next Warren Sapp. And then there's uh, 
man, who was our, the running back from Arkansas? They were oh, yeah. electric. So there was a lot of, hey, don't pick Matt Ryan type. So, but your courage to go, you know what? This is what we need. This is what Atlanta needs. Uh, this will stabilize us coming off the unfortunate situation with Mike Vick. So those things would be the things I took and, and still live by the day and wouldn't be sitting in a chair if, if, if those things didn't occur. So the thing we did probably uh, initially in the spirit of collaboration with uh, Jeff and Jeff Fisher was head coach at that time was he was used to a certain type grading scale the Rams were used to a certain type grading scale. The the grading scale you brought from New England is a very sophisticated one. Uh, so early in the down, I said, you know what? It's easier for me to take what everyone else is used to and, and, and translate it to what now I'm used to in Atlanta. So simplified the grading scale a little bit uh, in, the, in the collaboration, just in an effort to be collaborative and probably took a little bit away uh, in the nuts and bolts things like, okay, this is a, this is a really, really detailed way to write a report. Uh, so I, I probably became a little less uh, strict on the verbiage and allowed the scouts to, to be more artistic. And, you know, if they didn't, you know, very good, didn't match good later, you know, we didn't, yeah, we you didn't get the evil eye. Yeah, no, no. I look, I, I know that. I could admit 100%. I, I am a, I'm a word guy, and it was, you know, those words meant the world to me to keep people on, on track. Yes. But you're, you're exactly right. There are some elements of austerity or, or rigidity within, within that approach uh, that I thought a lot of people needed guidance on. But you're right. Once you get into a certain spot, you know, I think I appreciate that, that you were a little more flexible that way. That's important. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, you team with two impressive men at the top. The owner, Stan Kroenke. Yeah. And the president, Kevin Demoff. How do you feel about leading up? Uh, leading up, I think that I would just, number one thing that comes to mind just is authenticism. Uh, being authentic, uh, and I, and I kind of go, whatever 
when you're leading up, don't try to cover your ass or anything like that, right? Uh, try to be as authentic, answer the questions, communicate maybe the problems, what might be the solutions. But at the end of the day, it's pretty simple, you know, tell the truth. And I think what's in, you mentioned Stan and what's in, in, in any situation, right? Whatever sport you're in NFL, there's 32 different uh, men, women that, that own franchises. So they're, they're all going to be different. I, I can't say enough about Stan in terms of uh, very clear with the standards, uh, has gold standard resources for us. But at the end of the day, he hires people to do a job. He lets them do the job. At the and at the end, they will sit down and measure the results. But uh, right, it, there's a freedom there in terms of right having that that ownership to do your job and not necessarily have other people stepping into that at all. So that idea candor which is really important being direct communicating regularly that's important for both mr Cronkey and kevin demoff is that one of the keys to longevity just the realness back to authenticity that you just said direct if you need to approach them hands down you can approach them you're not hem hawing around so to speak you go right to them and talk yeah i think yes and, and it goes back to what i said i learned from Atlanta, from you, right? And it goes under the, the nip in the, the bud bucket, right? Whatever uh, the issue is, uh, try to take care of it immediately. And and, and 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 I could go, because Kevin and I are, are peers, per se, very close to age. He's, he's younger than myself. Brilliant, brilliant uh, person. Uh, but at the end of the day, day it's kind of hey right now and i think also i took the role as gm and this is okay i'm gonna whoever if you're in an organization right whoever the the top or the pillars or the decision makers owner and owners lieutenants and and president his lieutenants and head coach however many they are and every every gm would know this right you would know okay it's these four it's these three people uh, my advice would be exhaustively every day try to keep that group aligned, right? Because it's 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 a lot of times, right? It's not just you and the head coach. It's not just you and the president, right? There is this element. There's a sophisticated kind of ecosystem, and it, and it's, it, it could be as few as three people, could be as many as maybe eight or nine. But whatever that number is, that's uh, that's your reality and. Do your part to keep that group aligned. I think that's so important. We often, as general managers in this league, talk about presidential roles. Some organizations thrive with their president and their GM and their head coach. Others, there are, let's call it the way it is, there are acrimonious relationships between because there's this banter about stay in your lane idea. If you were at a symposium and a group of owners were there and they were going to tap into Les Snead's knowledge about an organization that manages well with an ownership and a president and a GM and a head coach, of course. Yeah. What would be what would be your recommendation to owners around the league as far as putting together their organization at the top? Great question. And I can speak, let's go Los Angeles Rams. And, and 
like you mentioned earlier, we've been fortunate to have uh, consistent success recently. But so let's and let's start with Kevin, our president, myself, uh, and then Sean, head coach. What's what's very interesting I can say about our group is at the end of the day, uh, all of us as humans are thumbs up, right? You. You'd want them in your your bunker. The neat thing uh, that occurred that has occurred authentically is Kevin. Right, Kevin's the steward of the franchise, and a lot of that has to do with all the things that go on in business. And, and Kevin really doesn't want to make football decisions. Uh, he's he's there as a great resource. Can ask. I call it somewhat less emotional in the weeds, unbiased, bigger picture questions that are, that are that's always helpful. Uh, in the, but at the end of the day, right, he doesn't want to, I mean, he doesn't show up at CLU every day, right? We have a business office and a, and a football complex right now. The, let's go to Sean. Sean's a, a 10 in terms of tactical. He's a 10 in terms of leadership, but he's a 10 plus in terms of, I call it humility for someone that's as good as he is, and he got the job at such a young age and was easily willing to admit, I wouldn't have gotten this job if I hadn't have been lucky enough to study under John Gruden and Mike Shanahan and even Kyle Shanahan and took that with him and, and would come in the building and go, look, I, I don't ask me about how we get from point A to point B. I've, I've just been offensive coordinator, so. I don't know anything about traveling, you know what I'm saying? So he has this humility to go, hey, y'all go do what you do. And, and so what's interesting, too, about Sean is he wants to coach, uh, and he really doesn't love scouting. Like, he's one of those when you sit down and watch college players with, he is a couple plays in, and he's already into the nuances of, you know, either look at this great look what they're doing look what they're doing to this safety they're putting that safety in such a hard spot. I'd hate to be that safety's dad because this is impossible you know what I mean he's already in, in the nuance of of the tactical and and so what's interesting in in my role in all this I certainly can't help our business side right I, we'd, we'd lose this. so I don't want to do that and I, I don't want to coach and, and so that's the neat thing if I were to say of all that right you've got really good people who all we want is success for the Rams, but we know our domain of expertise, and we want to probably try to dominate that domain. And and then, again, we're in the bunker, and our backs turn to to each other, and we know that we're getting. And no one's trying to, no one wants to jump into this domain for like we are, whatever the reasons are that we see happen in this league, right? where you try to jump into maybe a domain that's maybe not your area of expertise and it just muddies the water, clouds it up sometimes. So that element of just you know, being mindful of what your role is, um, helping where when help is asked, of course, and opinions, there's always that good think tank, I think, opinions within good organizations that thrive with the really good intelligence and insight. Back to Sean for a minute. Again, confident, insightful, very intelligent at so many levels. As you said, he's focused on, you know, coaching the football team, which I think is massively important. Do you think the head coach should have final football say? It's a good, what does football say? 
Right. We've we've gone round and round. I mean, does final football say fifty three? You know, I have a I have a strong opinion about it. I mean, I think there are some really long standing head coaches in this league who are the omnipotent, omniscient football person within an organization. Right. Of, there's no question that Bill Belichick should have final football control say. You're right, I probably didn't define it well enough. But then there are also other situations that I believe if you have that good working, sorry, very good working relationship between your head coach and your general manager and your general manager and your head coach, and there's a respect of the lines, and there's a respect of their abilities, I think they can thrive. It's when oh, you yeah. start getting into a situation where one is jockeying for another, and then you know you get coaches and personnel not really uh, merging well because there's there's this general divide oh, and yeah. silo within an organization. Back in the day, that that happened a lot more. I feel like there's a real understanding of making sure that those departments are are rolling together because if you do not have a solid relationship and I think a much better than solid relationship between your general manager and head coach, you have no chance of surviving. No doubt. And it, we could go a lot of, here, here we'll go a few places here that came to mind and uh, I'll start here. Kevin does such a good job, along with his Lieutenant Tony Pastors, of really, we're pretty unique in, in we're gonna take on a lot of this and then sean and i can really focus on rams football so sean and i are so blessed and we talk about it all the time that we don't have to deal with a lot of stuff that maybe we're not even would be good at dealing with but maybe in some places hey it should be the head coach and gm to deal with that for whatever reason but they do such a good job and the interesting thing is sean and i really you know we we embrace that because we we don't want to deal with that and and we know what's important right we know why the rams have hired us and we know what they want us you know to accomplish to, to help the rams so we're allowed to do that you got a question but going to i always go and we always say it here right i always call it a rams decision you like when you say it final say i do think head coaches are very important in football say uh in any on a very simple level right if myself or anyone in the organization we want to do something that touches the football team and we don't work with the head coach and and let and have his buy-in his but he uh and it, it doesn't have it doesn't happen in one conversation sometimes but i do think i do believe in uh let's make a decision together let's make a rams decision and and when that's done then the rams then work to make that decision work so we've really morphed in this league in so many ways we've grown in so many ways we're evolving in so many really good ways it could be you know it could be athletic performance it could be um it could be analytics we, we spoke about that last night around the table there's another side, though, the, the, the digital side, the media side, the marketing side that was called the way it is. That's also been a good and sometimes not so good relationship within organizations. Right. How do you feel about that? And how do you as the Los Angeles Rams, while you understand because you're a very modern thinking person, the importance of digital and we've you know, we know that. 
Can you and Sean say enough's enough? Does your organization, does Kevin Demoff understand when you guys are saying, hey, we need to focus here on the football side of this for a minute or more? Oh, definitely. I think our, our philosophy is just the, 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 the positive is, uh, you know, we don't look at, let's call it the media and especially the internal content part of it all is okay they're the enemy right some we've all been around some old schoolers and it's like the paradigm i like to say we like to say we're in the entertainment business at the end of the day and if you're in the just purity of football we, we could probably go coach at a maybe a division three level and guess what they yeah there's no content you know might not even be able to afford the content so but i do think we do have that saying at the end of the day that okay the main thing's the main thing, and that's Rams football. And if at any moment we do think, okay, there could be some interference here that is, that could be chipping away at the main thing, okay, let's let's push back. But the, the goal would be this. We know, we know why we're here. We know what our fans crave. Our fans crave interesting content. There's a way to provide it. So make sure you ask us. Make sure you come with creative innovative ideas don't be scared to not come and we'll we'll discuss it and, and find a win-win i love that i mean i think over the years i i grew in that mode because at first i came from of course patriot paradigm yes. when you're talking about paradigms and that wasn't necessarily our approach our approach and you know over the years i started understanding more and more and learning more and more about the importance and i loved being on the front end of it and i loved doing things that i thought were good for the team however there were times when you had to say i believe respectfully to the marketing department enough is enough we are focused on football and winning because if we don't win none of us are going to be around here we know that no doubt so and that's what i say right if we you you brought new england dna to myself so i'm some derivative of it right we all know i could sit here and admit go there's no way probably at least myself knowing whatever d blueprint new england has that we could pull that off right that they're doing something that's unique and special and but the the what we all can learn from it is new england's got a heck of a brand why because they won a lot of football games consistently and hoisted the trophy so i guarantee you that's is uh, interesting a content as any fan base would want or crave. No question. Here's another pointed question. Thankfully, GMs in this league are seeing an uptick in their salaries. We um, have been in a spot for a while that was kind of at a, at a in a holding point. Respectfully yes. speaking to ownership, and you know, obviously everyone's making very good money. We understand that. But there was a big uptick this year. It was it was interesting to see that, and that's that's good for everyone. It's good for the league, of course, just like the players. And Arthur Blank used to always talk about market value and how important that is. And, and thankfully to him over the years, he was always very mindful of that with me, which right. I appreciate. So good uptick, good movement. However, there is still a chasm, and it's a significant chasm between general manager salaries and head coaching salaries. Given today's world with general managers being out front and in the open, not behind the scenes anymore, they're not for long elements that they deal with are real, just like head coaches. Do you think that gap 
is justified in today's NFL? Uh, I'll get to the gap in a minute. I do think uh, head coaches definitely in our business earn the salaries uh, they're fortunate to make, and especially when you've proven you can win and you get that second one, because it, it's, we, we, I mean, the, the data says it, right? You, there's a lot of people hired and only so many of that class of coaches, right, get to it in next contract, because it's hard to win a football game in the end. So I think they deserve, I do, I don't necessarily think, uh, I would say, you know what, the gap is not justified. Uh, and especially with the model that we're, we're kind of utilizing today, which I think is a very healthy mo model, and that model being, hey, we're going to try to maybe hire a head coach and GM, you know, at the same year or pretty close, and align them, and it's on them to win or lose. And we all know what's happened when you lose. So maybe in the in a previous generation, right, some of the GMs, it was more of a longer tenured, maybe you got a chance to hire uh, two or uh, a second or third head coach. So maybe because of that longer runway security, you could you could justify, okay, a lower salary because you may get more years and things like, but now we're, we're getting to that model where, you know, GM head coach may get four or five year deal and maybe three years to, to show enough progress to get the year four and five. So I do think uh, it was awesome to see it this year, especially for for some of those GMs coming up that you that we are progressing closer uh, to the head coach. I don't know if we'll ever be equal, but uh, I don't want to say they don't deserve what they're getting. No, completely understand the deserving side of that. I just think when you're talking about four, five, seven, ten million dollars difference. Uh, at times, that's that's complicated. Yes. Called the way it is. I mean, people don't like to talk about it, but it's it's a legit it's a legit discussion point. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save fifty dollars on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, adaptive change, an open mind positive evolution within our league though difficult is very important in my mind for teams to succeed and thrive what's your stance fairly succinctly on that whole idea uh, i think my stance intentional uh, evolution uh should be a focus of all of us gms right I, because and, and, and it can get into after action reviews, knowing exactly why uh, we've been doing something, 
why are we doing it and, and is it efficient enough is it actually helping us is it actually slowing us is it bogging us down or are we asking people to execute a role and we're only using it so if you i can intentionally investigate that review it know the why i jim collins who wrote good to break great often talks about southwest airlines and they were one of the more profitable companies over a, a 30 year stretch and simply put they knew exactly why they did things right they 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 have only one type of jet why well every pilot can fly that jet it's not yet to have these pilots for all the right they knew exactly why they did every and so when you know why you now uh through you can innovate you can uh, maybe refine that model to to get the edge and going back to your previous question i do think that helps and assist the owner in running a football business because now you can really be able to articulate and with somewhat data-based uh explain why maybe you're investing in in parts of the the company and and also know that uh-oh we should take the money we've been investing here and eliminate it take this money and maybe and invest it into into people and in salaries whatever that is i i think adapting evolving we all learn lessons in this try to apply the lessons you learn well, it's one of the things I've always been impressed about you when we worked together, before we worked together, and now from afar watching. Look, you've made some really bold moves over the last few years regarding draft, regarding free agency acquisitions. I mean, big-time ballsy moves, brother. Like, really admire and respect that. Those aren't easy. Those aren't easy moves. You know, let's talk about it this year. I mean, moving, you know, moving your first-round quarterback. There are a few other general managers in the league who I respect a great deal who have done the same this year. That's not an easy move. That's taking your ego out of it and doing what's best for the organization. Can you talk about that a little bit, but also talk about being aggressive in this league versus sitting back on your hands? Well, to be aggressive, I think, uh, definitely try to really have a keen awareness of, all right, what window are you in? Is that is there a window of opportunity there? Is there is there some data, you know, that backs you up? So it's it simply put, right? As you mentioned, we've since 2017 we've had winning seasons. I think we're we're fourth in wins since then. So and we've contended for the division. Even last year we beat Seattle, lost Seattle for the division, then came back, beat Seattle in the divisional or in the wild card round. So there's data goes so we're in this window that uh, we can contend for that division, and we all know what that means, right? There's a chance to get a home playoff game. There's a chance to maybe get a bye. All, all those things come into play that allow you to get in that tournament and then and then make a run from there, uh, right? Depending on the circumstance. So I I do think uh, because when I first got to the Rams, we were keenly aware of where we're at maybe we were just as aggressive but reverse right we, we did a lot of trading back to accumulate extra ones and and then you just started building but 
uh, the moves you're talking about are more, all right, we were giving up some draft assets and we're, we're going after some known players because we feel like we can be a little more specific now. We kind of know who we are, what we might need. And then the QB thing, simply put, while the and which is interesting where we're going in, in football is all of a sudden Matthew Stafford is available. So it's like, wow, should we look at this opportunity? And what makes this really complex is we wouldn't even be in a window to say, hey, we think Matthew Stafford can come in and maybe take us from a good level to a great level without the help of Jared Goff you know, over the last four years, being a part of us winning. So that makes this really sophisticated and complex. And there's humans, you know, I call it emotions evolve. So because Jared, a great kid, have nothing but respect for him. But but at the end of the day, we felt like, wow, uh, Matthew Stafford, a very accomplished QB, someone, I mean, all the comebacks that he's had. Well, if we brought into our ecosystem would it our bets to go from maybe good where we've been to great well look there like you said there are so many complexities to your decision making over the years and where you are why why you are right now fourth in the winning since 17 again it's it's to me it's based on a lot of that should be noted you talk about i call everybody wants to know how do you how do you teach? How do you develop? Right. I was a lieutenant of yours and we never had a, let's call it a course on being aggressive or attacking, but I recommend this. If you're in, you've used the term right middle management, you're a lieutenant for any organization. Just, <laughs> just be aware, open your eyes. And, and when you made the move for Julio, uh, and I say you, I know there's a we element involved, but you're the one accountable and responsible and got to live with it. But there was that element, right, that we now take with the Rams is, okay, Thomas knew we have a franchise QB. If we can if we can provide a franchise receiver. You got two maybe Hall of Fame players there. Uh, I'd vote for Matt in the Hall of Fame. You know, okay, if you provide a Hall of Fame receiver, to this franchise QB, wow, that that's basically now going to be the Falcons and and right, you played in at least two or three NFC championships and, and went to one Super Bowl. And I know we all say, well, we didn't win the gold, we got the silver, what have you, but that's hard to do. And that move, though, was a big part of compounding into the future and pulling some of those big wins and moments off. Well, I look at him, by the way, speaking of Julio, and, and, and even in 16 getting into the Super Bowl and one of the world's best catches there driving down, we obviously yeah. can capitalize on it. I mean, I do believe Julio is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I, I remember back to that. People often ask, would you do anything differently? You gave away a lot as an organization, and it's, it's one of the moves that I wouldn't do differently uh, for sure. And like we said, you – there was this element, right, you had to be aware. Mm-hmm. And we, we had, right, we had gone to the playoffs Matt's rookie year. Again, we talked about the 9-7, and seven, but, you know, monkey off the back, consecutive winning seasons. But there was, you know, okay, hey, maybe we could go do some 
better things if we make this aggressive move. And guess what? Uh, those uh, probably right all in all walks of life, all businesses, investors would tell you uh, uh, sometimes it costs to go be great. Okay. Speaking of doing things differently or not doing things differently, of course, I just mentioned the Julio situation and not doing something differently. What would you have done differently pre-NFL career? So growing up through the through the years, is there anything that you would have done differently that you could share? They, I, uh, I, we cheated a little bit because you mentioned you would do that question, and that's a great question because sometimes you go, okay, you're as you said earlier, 10-year GM, so probably shouldn't do anything different, right? This is kind of a passion. But at one time I wrote down, you know what? I probably studied more in high school and tried to at least been like Ivy League type uh, material and go play football in the Ivy League because uh, that just seems like such a fun league to play in. So, But that didn't happen. But what I would do that's similar to that is this. Boy, if the... If, uh, if, uh... Uh, young only knew if the old only could, but I would certainly I take majors out of it. Uh, I would go sit in those classrooms at wherever I was at. Started at Troy, ended at Auburn, and you think about it. Some professors given up his or her entire life to be an expert on this subject. Like the passion to do that would be like, okay, who cares about my grade? Who cares about the major? But I'm gonna learn something from that instead of trying to look at the syllabus and see the least amount you can do. So I think all of us may, but I always think about all the wasted opportunities because you never know what part of that nugget of knowledge oh, I would that would have helped you, you today. You'd probably share that with your kids on that. And, and I know that's something that I believe very much in line with what you believe. Like we were so focused on football that there was an academic side that I think maybe we look at it now, would have helped us so much more as we were evolving oh, no as leaders. Um, all right, the same question. What would you have done differently? Again, it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. What would you have done differently as a middle management person? So in those de department head years, when you were the pro director and you were moving through, is there anything that you would have done differently prior to Probably Two things. Number one would be, okay, young, uh, don't be a young, inexperienced, know-it-all. Now, probably, right, you really don't know anything, but you're a know-it-all. So eliminate that. It, it, the interesting thing is some of the, the people that in our organization or I've been around of that you go, wow, I wish I would have been that person. They, they were, these people were given a role and responsibility, and next thing you know, they, uh, they redefine that role and responsibility. So the next time let's call it they moved up or moved on when when you hired for that role and responsibility it had now changed for the better so i wish i would have probably done more of that done more of that for you right in in my role but so it's 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 really an interesting spot i mean i will add this to this conversation i've always believed every one of us in this league has a pigeonhole this may be an old statement or an old-fashioned statement right but, you know, everyone's pigeonholed. Someone likes to party. Someone may rather be climbing mountains and snowboarding in Boulder, Colorado, and he's not passionate enough about football. Great point. Pigeonhole, pigeonhole. But Think my, about how much you had to overcome oh, because I know of that. that but right? go ahead. But so I feel like really there's one pigeonhole that cannot survive 
and it's if that pigeonhole, play on words, is full of shit. If your pigeonhole is a BS pigeonhole, you know that. Yeah. If you have a reputation around this league for being a BS person, you have no chance of, of rising and surviving. If you do, it, to me it comes to, uh, it comes to a quick end uh, and people just move on or people are yeah. always uh, you know, throwing their darts because you can't be full of crap in this league. You make a good point. I, I think if you're full of crap and it gets you to a certain level and now you're really accountable and responsible, you're going to fail because... <laughs> By definition, you're full of crap. Yeah, so, no, no question about it. And it, the interesting thing is, man, it, it's ruthless. That pigeonhole is worth being kicked out of the league for. or, But it's a ruthless business sometimes in terms of uh, the envies, the jealousies that, that go on maybe more amongst uh, the scouting community than the, the training community, than the coaching community, than the yes. president's community. It's a... It's ruthless out there. It, it, this is one of those things that I think for listeners and viewers down the road, I, I came into this also thinking there are, there are myths within the NFL that need to be debunked. And one is it's all, you know, team camaraderie and, and we all have each other's backs and, like, that's football. And, and it's not. I mean, it's complicated. Oh, and, oh, yeah. by the way, usually when you come in, you're not making the salary that everyone thinks you're making. You're making 22000 or 24000 Well, nowadays it's, it's much higher, of course. But, you know, there there's an element to this league and there are myths within this league that I think continue to need to be debunked so that we can move forward. And we, we hold on to them too often, uh, I think. Yeah. And we think, no, we, we don't need to be talking about that. But truth and candor is, is I think, what can set us free and move us in the right direction at a lot of different levels. We won't, of course, get well, that It's interesting. That would be one reason I would, if I were ever to give my advice to kids if they wanted to get into the, it's called the scouting side of football. If I were to tell them not to do it, it would be maybe because of that, that ruthlessness of, of anti-collaboration and teamwork that goes on. Oh, it's, it's, it's a little unnerving and, and, you know, that idea of not not accepting change and because we've done something this way for so many years, we're going to keep doing it. It's a yeah. whole other part of this league that is really, really um, difficult for me to fathom, not only, but, I mean, you want to talk about an enervating concept that we've done this this way forever and we're not, we're not changing. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. the one part of... of professional sports that and football in general that I think needs needs to be really looked at by the ownership groups and make sure that the owners know who they have in their building and who is open and who is moving forward and those that are stuck in mud they may be very good at what they do but if they're holding your organization back because they're not you know thinking forward and, and open at least thinking forward that's an important thing all right the last question along those lines is same question since being a GM, is there anything that you can share with the rising group that you would do differently? Uh, uh, figure out how to delegate earlier. Chunk your time. Chunk your time, I mean, the first thing I would do is okay, you're going to have a, a lot of things to do. So if there's eight things you got to get done generally on a day-to-day -day basis, Hey, chunk 
make sure you got eight times during the day or eight chunks of time and and guard those religiously and and that would then lead to uh, probably my biggest advice is to make sure that you don't shortchange your your family your loved ones your wife your your kids uh in this job and it's easier said than done that is uh, an amazing point and, and you get into this world sometimes as a gm and you're just you're just driving forward i had a really emotional moment the other day i was up at a wellness uh retreat in uh just outside of phoenix very quickly uh, called savannah it's a great place and i was I had the time at 6 p.m. to lay down for an hour um, underneath this, this unbelievable tent with the Arizona wind blowing through. It was amazing. Listening to different sounds, it was like sound therapy. I came away, walking away from it, like beyond relaxed and, and, and introspective. And I had a tear come to my eye because I thought, man, in this job, we race through everything and we're holding on for dear life and yet the family, the experiences that you know that are so important for your soul, you put aside and you say, I'll deal with them next week, I'll deal with them next month, year, 10 years. All of a sudden, 13 years go by and I'm thinking, I really put some parts of my life aside that, that right. although I loved what I did, I mean, I'm realizing more now the importance and if I could continue to edify and, and, and mentor people that are in your jobs, I would say, you know, listen to those, and you're doing a really, really good job, Les, with that. When I watch that, again, admire from afar, because you, you. look at you, you're living in Malibu, and of Ooh. course, you're, you're, you picked the right straw to get out here to LA, of course, but you're making the most out of it. I'm a big believer in making the most out of where we are and what we do, and you, you have a- I remember, for your next question, and it hit me, and you used to say it a lot, but if you ever get in, get fortunate enough to get the GM chair, embrace the journey. Embrace. Yep, that's it's it's one heck of a journey. Embrace it. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be hard. All, all those things, you're not going to hide from. But it is yep. a journey worth exploring. Les, so the last few questions here are more lifestyle questions. I'm just going to go right to it. What is your key to staying fit, mind, body, and soul? Uh, obviously, you start here in Malibu, but but where are you? What is your stance on mind, body, and soul and fitness? balance as a general so you, you said it it's got to become a lifestyle so it's got to be a habit you know it can't be something you try to do right so whatever it is but i uh number one i've always said football certainly shouldn't give us gray hair even though you got plenty but I, and i say that tongue-in-cheek in that remember it's football wow what a what a journey even though you know there's thorns for sure but uh, it's a it's a very fortunate journey. So, uh, number one, embrace that journey. Number two, uh, I give Mike Ryan credit. Uh, Mike was once a trainer with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now he works with NBC Sports, but he was an absolute nutcase triathlon. Uh, heck, not participant, but would win those things, right? Ironmans and finish second in Hawaii, things like that. And but uh, he got me into the the biking, the swimming the running in a proper way and from that kind of that that moment oh in those mid 1990s to now been doing something every day whether it was being frugal with your diet and right. trying to move in some form or fashion that diet element you staying fit you have the nick casarios of the world the less needs of the world the ryan paces of the world those are some fit dudes now um 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've liked watching that because that is a, of my mindset over the years. And I no gray it. hairs. No gray hairs. Well, you're you're blonde, so I think they're hidden oh, in there genetics. somewhere. Oh, genetics. Yeah, genetics. Oh, yeah, the gray's here. They're probably there somewhere. But, all right, uh, you've cultivated some really cool relationships with some authors throughout the world, very influential people. Can you tell me a little bit about that and tell me how you went about that? But what you would advise, again, rising executives with regard to learning outside of football and, and not being so myopic that, that's that's i think you said the key don't don't focus just inside it's 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 awesome to get viewpoints dna i call it from the outside uh i was very lucky my wife kara henderson sneed she best birthday present ever uh i once read good to great written by jim collins and, and it's a book I still have, and it is so underlined, and I still go to it today. So it was kind of, let's call it the Bible of, of maybe leading, uh, like an organization like the Rams. So she, she calls it author stalking. Uh, she sent an email to Jim and, you know, kind of explained the story. And fortunately and lucky, he responded uh, would love to to meet so we go to his think tank and what's interesting he called them teas and I and he probably blocked out 15 to 30 minutes for this afternoon tea and you would go and sit with him but I would call it I could have retired greatest moment of all time was when his gatekeeper kept coming in and going you know Mr. Collins you know the basically saying hey the tea's up you and me kick this guy out and he kept he finally looked there and said you know what clear the schedule for the rest of the day this is so I, it was like okay i'm you know it's you, a lot of time. so with that being said from there we obviously got this confidence that wow this this is kind of neat so kara add for one second here this is crazy les used to have a book on his shelf good to great of course he had a number of them they were like shining beacons i'd walk by and they were like beaming at night i'm like you know and you were such a big jim collins fan Fast forward to a couple years ago. Of course, I have a home in Boulder, Colorado. Somehow, Justin Schaff, my, my chief of staff, sets up a meeting uh, with uh, Jim Collins. Unbeknownst to me, I sit down at the table with him, and all he raved about was Les Snead. And I didn't even know your relationship at that point. And I was amazed because of uh, you know how great he is as a leader oh, yeah. and a thought-provoking uh, individual. You know what's awesome? You two would get along because... I think he probably would have told you a uh, big passion of his is rock climbing yes. and, and his friends that, that I call it dude. I'm like, what? They're crazy doing. But I, I can remember sending my picture of when I went rock climbing with you before we were GMs. But I remember I was basically about only this high up. But we kind of, you kind of well, laid. You looked good, oh, man. oh, you I was shredded. Shred but up. you laid on the ground and took a picture. I was about a foot off the ground, and I was Spider-Man on the side of a rock. But the picture looks like, you know, I'm hanging. <laughs> you know, what are the guys that do the free? Like I'm way up somewhere, but yeah. really I'm only a foot. I think that picture is still hanging on my wall in it's, my house. It's a, it's a worthwhile picture for sure. Well, in the end, you again, not only Jim Collins. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Holiday, who is killing it right now. I mean, bestsellers coming out of his ears, right? Every time I turn around, he's got, he's got stillness is a key. He's got obstacle is a way. He's got ego, which is one of your favorites, correct? 
definitely we're in we're in the sports business right and a lot of right highly skilled individuals and I, I do think ego is is one of the things that can derail right uh, a lot of organizations and teams but Ryan many others uh, whether it's Annie Duke and decision making uh, you know that I can mention many but the, I think the, the moral of the story is is being able to connect reach out let them know and it's authentic because every person we reach out to we have a specific excerpt something underlined in the book to go hey you wrote this you said this we tried to implement this with the rams and and would love to discuss the matter with you uh further and and for the most part we've gotten a lot of yeses and and cultivated some really really neat relationships with with bright bright people yeah uh, well i would say this too any of you general managers that are still general managers capitalize on being a general manager and not a defunct general manager knocking on a door makes it a lot easier to try to request time with someone i'm being facetious of course the reality is embrace embrace the opportunity that you can meet some really good people that are going to unbelievably affect your you know your leadership and your growth the last thing i would add to this is somewhere along the way arthur blank has always been really good about providing you know his oh, yeah. his employees and put hundreds of thousands of dollars over the last three years probably into my education and growth oh. as a leader and it came up in a conversation with arthur blank and steve cannon arthur ceo of all of his businesses that very few of us that get these jobs are professionally trained to be leaders. We all had leadership oh, yeah. elements to us, no question, as players and this and that. But I would say right now, my biggest piece of advice, respectfully again to owners, is put money into your into your leadership group. Help them right grow and help them grow early. Don't don't just wait until seven years when teetering on being, you know, out the door. I would say when they first get in the first door, in. you should start training them to be the best leader they can be and put some money into it and help them grow because they want it. They're craving it. And I think that's great. Let me go to the last two questions here. Last one. This is a Tim Ferriss lifestyle guru question. In the last three to five years, what belief approach adjustment in your life has changed your world and your life? I would. I sum it up in three things. Learn, apply, evolve. We all, lessons are easy to learn. Uh, hardest thing, or maybe what we don't do often, is is applying what we learned, and, and that leads to, probably it's similar to evolution. Evolution takes long, so uh, probably I call it intentional evolution because what that means to me is whatever it is, it, it could be one summer where, okay, I'm going to... Uh, go visit Jim Collins and, and really revisit Good to Great. Maybe a, a new, it could be, okay, I I need to evolve it and, and build a relationship, a better relationship with my 16-year-old daughter, and I'm going to focus on that. So it, it's, you'll know, you, you we all have a model for life, and if you get that thing really, really, uh, defined, then you, you'll definitely know. You'll there'll be an intuitive call to okay. There has to be some refinement, and it can be many things. But you know what? Learn something, apply it, and boy, the the evolution will make all the difference. Love that thought. This is the finale, the final question. 
what was the one question that you feared I would ask you today? Wow. You know what's interesting? I don't know if I was one question that I technically feared. And number one would be, like we mentioned earlier, you're, 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 we've got tenure. Uh, so hopefully we have some wisdom to provide. So if you asked a very tough question and you know what, I should be, at this stage be able to answer it and, and live with it. Uh, it went viral. Heck, it's good for podcasts, right? But, and there's, there's this element too, I think is very important based on our chemistry of working together and knowing each other together. It's a big fire truck, but you know, there, I, I sat down and trusted you. So I didn't, there was no question. I'm sure there was. No, that's a what great question did you leave off the, the notepad that you wanted to ask me? I asked almost every question. I mean, there's not one. I've had a number of GMs who, you know, have sort of joked about it, laughed about something that was probably, you know, butted up against the line to rule violation or something. But no, I, I think most people, to your point, at least the established GMs are exactly like you. By this time, we should be able to take on any question, and if there's a question we don't like, we'd be able to navigate it appropriately. Les Sneed, fantastic having you uh, on the set today. The think tank, as we call it, because of this bad boy. That uh, is a tank. You, you did, did an excellent job sharing with uh, everyone. And Thinker everybody. tank. Yes. I'm just a guest. Thanks so much. All right, once again, thank you, Les Sneed, for your time. I mean, Super Bowl general manager. It's so great to see him succeed. Continue to watch, and I'm really excited to, to move forward in this journey. But know that our journey with the general managers is coming to an end. We finished with the best, Les Sneed, and we're on our way to looking at new adventures. Keep an eye on this podcast because we will... We will focus on general managers for, from other teams that we didn't touch on, potentially owners. We are very excited about presenting some of our underrepresented rising stars that we spent time with at each one of these visits. Please check that out as well. We have some special guests along the way. We love what we're doing here on the GM journey. I'm really excited about what's in the future for us. Please stay tuned, listen closely, and thank you for, for being on the journey with us along the way. You have been listening to The GM Journey with Thomas Dimitrov. Continue to follow Thomas as he interviews GMs from your favorite NFL teams. The GM Journey has been produced by Alan Kastenbaum, Thomas Dimitrov, and Octagon Entertainment. Don't forget to download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The GM Journey is distributed by the Eight Side Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.